Hello, this is Tim Rosenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2017. This is episode 28, The Pitfalls of Modern Technology. Before we get into the issues associated with today's technology, I think it's worth taking a quick trip down memory lane. You know, when I was your age, and we start rolling our eyes, because our parents, or grandparents, or great-grandparents, aunts or uncles, are now going to continue with, we used to walk uphill both ways to school, through the snow, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm at the age now where I will say to my own students, when I was your age, I was so lucky to be right at the beginning of technology as it started to explode. You take very simply the phone. Now, when I was young, most people had rotary phones. If you had a touch-tone phone, you actually had to pay extra money to the phone company. If I remember correctly, I think it was an extra dollar a month that you had to pay to have the amazing privilege of having a touch-tone phone. And there were a lot of people that thought it was ridiculous to have a touch-tone phone because they didn't want to pay the extra dollar a month. True story. We also had video games. More specifically, arcade games. And... I did have a video game system. My video game system was the Odyssey 2, while a lot of my friends had the Atari 2600 and its other competitor, which was the Intellivision. And I believe me, I love the Atari 2600, but there were certain games on that Odyssey I would take all day over any of the other systems that were out there. Then we had arcade games, and at the age of six, seven, eight years old, I was completely addicted to Space Invaders, that was my first love, and Pac-Man, and then I really loved Ms. Pac-Man. I remember when that first came out, My father and I waited online at an arcade. Yes, they did have an arcade back then. And we must have waited two hours to be able to just play one game. That's how long the line was out the door. And it was amazing. Then we also had personal computers. Now, when I was in school... The first computer I remember doing anything on was the Apple II. 
and the two looked was like a Roman numeral, so it looked like II. The game that was the game to play on the Apple II was called Lemonade Stand. I don't remember anything about the game at all. I just remember that game was really popular, and the few times that we're able to get into the designated computer lab, they actually had them back then in the early 80s, we all wanted to play that game. I also seem to remember another game which I, was either on the Apple II or the Commodore PET, P-E-T, and that game was called PIT, P-I-T. It was on a green screen, and the premise of the game was simple. You were some little guy that was all the way deep in a pit, and you had to crawl your way out. And the only way you can crawl your way out was by solving math problems, but you had to solve them really fast. And the faster you were able to solve them, the quicker you could get out of the pit. What's really funny is if you didn't get out of the pit in time, a whole bunch of stones came, filled up the pit, and killed you. So even back then, we were dealing with really gory stuff. I was as lucky as I was to have my Odyssey, I was even luckier to get my first personal computer which was the Timex Sinclair 1000. And I got that, I believe, when I was about 9 or 10 years old. And to give you an idea how small the memory was in this computer, it had 2 kilobytes. That was it. And if you wanted more memory, you had to have... You had to actually pay for a module that gave you a whopping 16K, 16KB, 16 kilobytes. And it cost like $100 to buy that extra memory, but you could actually play games. If you wanted to load in a game like Frogger, the game was not loaded in with a disk drive. It was actually loaded in with a cassette recorder. The cassette recorder would feed the appropriate programming into the computer. To give you an idea of the size of that computer's memory, if we just had the Timex Sinclair with no extra memory on it, the 2KB, that would be 5% of the size of a basic, no colors, no artwork, simple one-page Microsoft Word document. That's how small the memory was in the Timex Sinclair 1000. But it was great because I learned how to program using the the uh, code back then was, and the, the the way that you typed in commands was through something called BASIC, B-A-S-I-C. So I had so much technology 
at my fingertips. And it grew through the years. I wound up getting a Commodore 64, and that was the, the computer of all personal computers. It just... It, Apple was in the market then, and there were some people that did have Apples, and then eventually Apple wound up having Macs. They were originally called Macintoshes. But the Commodore 64 was really awesome. There's just so many things you could do with that computer. But all of the technology I just described to you is technology that we really can't use much anymore. In other words, they're not really backups. I am not going to do something on my computer and my computer crashes, I get the blue screen of death on Windows and I decide to finish up my whatever document I'm typing on my Commodore 64. It's just not practical. And it wouldn't make any sense to do that. Just it, it, the, There's too much of a gap in time with where technology was then and where it is now. The reason I bring up the pitfalls of modern technology is through the years, there have been different things that we have had that for whatever reason people have discarded or they don't use it anymore, they don't believe in using it. I don't know what the story is, but I don't get it. If you just take as an example recording media. So we went all the way back to I guess the 70s with cassette tapes and eight tracks and we had records so vinyl eventually the CDs came along in the I believe it was the early 80s and from the CDs we have various forms of MP3 related players that then came along, most notably iPods. And then I think at this point you're probably familiar with all the different ways that you can listen to music now. Here's the thing that a lot of people, I don't know why, but they, they've just have forgotten about this. To lug a record player around is impractical. Vinyl can get scratched. It can... The, the, the needle can skip. And you can have all different issues when it comes to vinyl. Cassette tapes are unreliable because the tape could wind up going too fast or too slow based on the mechanism. And eventually, and I can attest to this, I would play cassettes so many times that eventually the cassette would just not work anymore. The whole mechanism would just get messed up. But CDs, on the other hand, they are reliable. 
And I am amazed at how many people have gotten rid of their CD collections or just said, I'm not doing anything more with these CD players and I'm just going to go this way with music. But then it gets even, to me, a little more ridiculous when you're dealing with iPods. Because iPods absolutely are practical. I'm going to share with you two recent stories that I've had in my classroom where my technology failed me. And this is where I find the pitfalls that a lot of people just simply don't consider and they just throw their arms up in the air when the technology doesn't work and it doesn't need to be that way. So let me start with my first story which occurred at a concert in which I was actually using my iPod to play background music for students. They had various performances where they may have been singing or playing instruments and they needed background music. Never in my wildest dreams would I have ever streamed the music. You are asking for so many problems if you try to stream music in because without fail, your internet connection is going to go out. It always happens. I'm to the point where I don't even like doing it at all on my phone. And if I do any playing of music on my phone where the, the sound files are saved on my phone, I'll put the phone in airplane mode because I don't want a phone call coming in or the phone to be buzzing or whatever the case may be. So, I think it's really important that people understand that, uh, you know, they'll, I'll, I'll hear people say, well, well, you know, my internet connection went out. Well, that really shouldn't be an excuse. You should have a backup plan. And I didn't even use my phone. I used my iPod, but I had a backup. And my backup was my portable CD player from 20 years ago. And it works just fine. And what I did was every single song that was going to be played at that concert, I made a CD the night before. Burned the CD and had that CD player at the ready. And wouldn't you know it, I get through the entire performance, I get to my very last performer, who's one of the best performers, which is the reason why she was last, and my iPod froze. Froze. Tried everything, I couldn't get it to work. 
but I didn't have anything to worry about. Within seven seconds, the CD player was connected, the track was going, nobody ever knew. If I throw that CD player away, what happens in that situation? I'm fumbling with my smartphone trying to find the track, and then I find it on YouTube, and then then now an ad is playing, and I'm waiting for the ad to finish, and people get aggravated, because they, they don't want to be waiting around because your technology's not working. How many times have you been to whatever in a school, and there's supposed to be some type of presentation that involves technology, and it's not working. It happens all the time. Which brings me to my second story. I had a huge lesson plan all set up and it was going to be using tons of technology. And one of the reasons for that was an expectation by most school districts to incorporate lots of different things into your lesson, namely the technology that might be available in your classroom. So the lesson that I was going to be doing with these students involved at least two songs that were going to be played. My Epson projector which was simply going to project everything that was on my my PC and a video. So, how do you plan ahead for this? Well, if I had taken the advice of a person who was hired to come into our district and did a presentation on Google Classroom in which I witnessed this this consultant take someone's flash drive and threw it into the garbage. I couldn't believe my eyes. And her comment, which I think is nothing short of asinine, was, you don't need this anymore. You know, we're way ahead now in in the world of technology. We have Google Drive available, Dropbox, all different ways that we can access our files. Of course, you've got your server in school. So you have the network. Okay. Had I taken that advice, my entire lesson would have gone up in flames. And quite honestly, no administrator is going to be interested in your excuses. I planned ahead. I had that CD player ready again. And I had my iPod ready again. Because four minutes before the lesson was about to begin... The, the entire network in the school crashed. 
went down indefinitely. And the administrator is waiting to come into my room. Here's the one thing that did work. The computer's connection to the projector still worked. Oh, what else worked? The ability to play audio through the projector and play video. What had I done in advance? Did I rely on YouTube for my videos? Absolutely not. I had already obtained the MP4. I saved it to my flash drive. And while the students were coming in, while I was scuffling all over to try to get everything all configured, I was able to play one of the songs using my iPod, knowing that if the iPod failed, I had a CD backup. Now, there might be people saying, well, you know, that sounds a bit much. I don't think so. I think that we work very hard to present our lessons to children and barring an, an outright you know, power outage, you should be able to plan appropriately so that lesson is ready to go. Think about how different the outcomes would have been for me in terms of the concert for the singer who wouldn't have been able to have done her song with the appropriate background music and my own evaluation. And I'm proud to say I wound up getting a great evaluation, not just because it was a terrific lesson, but the administrator later found out that I had this issue at the beginning and I planned in this way and it basically earned me extra points on my evaluation. The pitfalls of modern technology. Smartphones are great. Computers, the internet, the ability to have YouTube, everything is faster than ever. And all it takes is one outage and what do you have? The next time that you're planning a lesson for your students or you have something really important where music needs to be played, hopefully you'll take some of the advice from this podcast and not be burned like so many people before you.